Dingus and Dongus. Hey, Michael. Episode 20. Okay, uh, we're gonna start with uh, Wonder Woman Dead Earth this time. What an amazing book! It's fucking fantastic. A good story, incredible art. Yeah. Incredible art. It's, okay, uh... I guess we should, it's DC, out 2020. Yeah. Written and line art done by Daniel Johnson, coloring by Mike Spicer. Yeah. And it's part of uh, DC's new-ish, newer black label, which is... Is that basically Vertigo? I guess. Okay, because that was my yeah. assumption. I mean, it's it's basically black label is geared toward more mature audiences, right? Yeah, and whatnot. But then again, DC in general, like they've done pretty fucked up shit and pretty adult oriented, yeah, themes. So I I don't know how much it really fits, but doesn't really matter. No, doesn't matter. This book is fucking fantastic. And the first thing I want to point out is how Wonder Woman isn't sexualized at all. No. Yeah. She's a wild-haired Amazon warrior. Right. And it was fucking cool as shit. <laughs> Who also has compassion. Yeah. And inner, inner turmoil throughout the book, too. Yeah. Like, actual character traits and development. Right. Instead of just stoic Wonder Woman looking sexy. Yeah. Which is cool in its own right. Yeah, that's, that's fine. Yeah. But this is a, um, a depiction of Wonder Woman I'm not particularly that familiar with. Right. I mean, mostly because Wonder Woman's always kind of sexualized in one way or another mm-hmm. uh, in, in the main DC timeline or whatever. But this book, she's just a woman, wild-haired, uh, thrown in a situation where she has no clue what's going on. Right. And it's fucking cool as shit. It is. And it, and it really shows that you can have compelling characters and relatable characters and characters you care about without just having to have a hearty bust in your face at all times. Yeah. Or, yeah. You, you know? Like, it's... Yeah. yeah you, without sexy poses yeah. every two uh, panels. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There are a shit ton of really awesome panels with her in it. Like, action panels. Yeah. It's like, holy fucking shit. Yeah. That's amazing. And then I read the next page, and there's a panel there. It's like, holy shit. How do you keep delivering page after page? How do you do it's this? so fucking <laughs> cool. Like, this... It reminds... Okay. Oh, go ahead. Go, no, it reminds me a lot, both in art and in, in setting, a lot of the Dark Horse Conan the Barbarian books. Okay, yeah, I can see that. And to go further on the art, it's not, it's leaning a little bit towards sketchy line work, mm-hmm. but not completely sketchy. Right. But just really good use of color. I can't figure out how to describe the use of color. I mean, it pops. But it's so fucking yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it really is. And that's why I wanted to include the colors, because, dude, you deserve it. You nailed it. And just the whole, every, ah. Uh, the art's really good. That's the if I'm not having like a pop art or a a shtick art like uh, that book Umbra I liked a lot. It's mm-hmm. very monochromatic and purple. Um, if I'm not having a special item for art that it fits in, this is the kind of art I like in my comic books. Yeah. If it's just like quote unquote normal art, right? 
this is the art that drives me nuts. I love it. It's 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 clear. You can see what the fuck's going on, but it's also very action oriented. Absolutely. To get into the story of the of the book, it's essentially Wonder Woman waking up sometime in the future after a worldwide apocalypse happens, and uh, she's trying to figure out, you know, what the fuck's going on. Turns out, essentially, mankind being mankind fucked everything up. Right. In post-apocalyptic world now, where civilization that is left has kind of regressed to an earlier time period. Right. As far as technology and survival. Right. And then later on, you figure out that technically the cause of it is Wonder Woman herself. That's horseshit. I don't believe, I don't buy into that even though that's what they're pushing. But go on. But technically, that's what happened. Because, what, nuclear war, she goes around, flies around, destroys all the missiles, and then she and Superman has a giant fucking fight. Right. Which destroys the world. Right. That's how I read it. Yeah, well, I mean... I would like it's still human mankind's fault. Yeah, no, no. Like, <laughs> at the bottom line, it's mankind being dumb. Yeah, that's yeah, yeah. It's not Wonder Woman's fault, goddamn it. No, it's it's not Wonder Woman's <laughs> fault, but technically she caused the apocalypse. Yeah, okay. But what led up to her actions during the apocalypse was mankind being dumb and not paying attention to climate change and all that sort of stuff. Right. Yeah. Uh, but I don't know, man. I really liked very early on when Diana's popped out of the pod, she's in the Batcave. Right. Like, you see the T-Rex and all the other things in there. And you pretty immediately also find a decaying Batman. And <laughs> which wraps around at the end. Yes. Like, it was so cool to see Decaying Batman, and then towards the end, how Batman died. Right. Okay, that's kind of (laughs) cool. It is, but when you first see Batman, or the dead Batman, it's kind of funny. Because he's just kind of lounging on the couch. Yep, yep. Like, like... (laughs) I don't, I don't, like... Almost an Al bundy yeah, yeah. Kind of pose. Slouched. Yeah, slouch, <laughs> reclining. Yeah. It's just like, doesn't give a shit. Yep. And, but that's Batman somehow? Yep. <laughs> but it does wrap around and shows why uh, he's in that pose. Right. But it was in that first issue when I first saw Batman dead <laughs> in that pose. It's like, okay, that's kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's pretty fucking funny. That Batman's just like, yeah, hey, hey, whatever. Yeah, I get my hand down my, <laughs> my, my back pants. pants. <laughs> yeah. I don't think it's actually there, but it would have fit no, if it, it was. We're retconning it. Yeah. It should have been. Yeah. His his uh his hand was down his um trousers. His bat hand down his bat pants. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and there's um, a lot of, well, not a lot, but there's enough dark moments involving the rest of the Justice League. Mostly, I'm referring to ripping out uh, Superman's, Superman's spine. When I saw skull. her doing that, I was like, what the fuck are you doing? It didn't make sense at the, 
at the instant that I started right. seeing that. And then she was threading the lasso of truth through it. She made a Superman flail. A fucking <laughs> Superman flail! It was so cool! And she Holy was shit. shit with it, too. Oh my god! That's one of the most brutal things yeah. I think I've ever seen in comics. Yeah, it was in so general. Cool. It it was fucking amazing. Yes. It's oh it's like honoring Superman and desecrating him all at in, the same time. All in one fell swoop. It's amazing. Yes. I also thought it was interesting and made me think about because they do some flashbacks of Diana's upbringing yeah. throughout the book. So at one point, her mom goes around to all the gods, gets them wasted with all the best wine and food from across the universe and galaxies. Then she goes around and cuts their hands mm -hmm. and like collects the blood. And that got me thinking, are there STIs within the godhood realm? <laughs> and how do they differ from human STIs? Right. And can you transfer it? Like, what What would a Zeus STI be? Um, like, what would a Zeus STI be? Like, electrifying narcissism? <laughs> it's a zappy sperms. Yeah. It's a zappy sperms. It's like, ah! It's Every time you pee, you pee lightning Yeah, bolts. and it just tingles. Yeah. And it's, it's kind of pleasant, actually. Yeah, yeah. It's an STI you want to get. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a gift a from the gods, right? Well, well then again, then again... <laughs> Have you ever peed when you really had to pee? You don't want tingling there. You want to just feel it. Ah, yeah. Yeah. That's nice. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah, that's... Oh. But tingly there might add to it. Maybe. I still like to think that STIs are gift from gods. It's like rubbing um, Szechuan peppercorn on your dick. <laughs> just a little mild tingly and then uh, hold your pee for like five hours. Yep. And then just let it all go. Thank you, Zeus. <laughs> That's um on on that topic. Uh, now STI <laughs> or peppercorns on your dick. Uh, but <laughs> they call me peppercorn dick. <laughs> peppercorn dick. Szechuan peppercorn dick. Um. <laughs> The hot sausage. So the origin kind of differs yep. from uh, your normal um, Wonder Woman, Prince, uh, Princess Diana uh, origin story. Where uh, it, with this particular book, it's literally every single god. Right. Like, An amalgamation. Take, yeah. Into mud and all that stuff, and, and yeah, uh, you you have origin stories where she's built out of mud, but then blessed by the gods or whatever. Mm -hmm. But this is a little different. This is like literally every single god in the Greek pantheon. Yeah, and it's close enough to yeah. whatever. It's not like a drastic change. And this is what are they called? Uh, Elseworld stories. Yeah, perfect. Fine, perfect. It did, right. like I didn't care. Right. It. it it didn't change anything. No. Really. Uh, yeah. There was also a leader guy of humans in, like, this little city. Because Diana gets found by a group of young scavengers. Right. right? Who live in this settlement. Right. New trying Hope. Trying to survive New Hope. So that's how Diana is introduced 
the humans woken up because they fall on her revival tank thing. Right. And pops out and brings them back eventually. They bring her back eventually to the settlement. And there's a fucking douchebag leader, as is the case in most apocalyptic stories. Right. One of the settlements has a Negan from Walking right. Dead type of leader where they're keeping shit pretty under control through shitty means. Right. So Diana, which when I first started reading this segment, I was like, you know, for a monster horror post-apocalyptic type of book, this is kind of wholesome. In a weird sense, how Diana's trying to forgive these humans for being shitty or whatever. Right. And providing a path to a different way of life and thinking. That's quickly thrown out the window. It's just interesting. Right. Uh, well, I mean, that's to an extent. I mean, the whole theme of the book is essentially forgiveness. Well, redemption. Yeah. Uh, basically, like, you could do bad shit and still change and be better than what you were. Right. I think one of the lines Diana said, you start out shitty. Well, not verbatim. Yeah. You start out as a shitty person doesn't mean your life needs to end as a shitty person. Right. Because she lives and she can see lifespans, whereas humans see years. Right. You know? And that's, um, kind well, like, that's where I kind of have... A little bit of difficulty i guess the overall theme of the book is forgiveness and the the ability for people to change mm-hmm. and for for beings to change and you see that reflected throughout the entire book where you know you got the shitty leader who like realizes okay there is a better way right and i i gotta do something different yep um, Diana realizing, well, it, it's a little more complicated with her. Well, hers was kind of like a, a bell curve. Yeah. It's, you know, she she's thinking, okay, yeah, like, things could definitely get better. Like, people are capable of change. And then there's a this betrayal. Uh, or at least, perce- well, no. no, it's, it's, it's a straight-up betrayal. Yeah. Yeah. Where she found finds out that mankind destroyed the Amazons. Yep. And turned them into monsters. Which are really fucking cool looking. Yeah, they are really <laughs> fucking, like, disturbing, like, Lovecraftian, like, monstrosities. monstrosities. Yeah. yeah. But then she comes back around and is, is like, okay, yes, this terrible thing happened, but let's do better next time. Right. Well, and part of her coming back to that and that statement was her realizing she fucked up. Yeah. It's like, whoa, I'm not perfect. You're not perfect. So we can all have a chance to try and do better. Right. Right. So it took a look inward on her her part from her actions right. to reach that conclusion with the humans. Again. Right. And it comes back around to the, uh, the whole story of the gods where um, Wonder Woman's mom kind of sort of discloses some sort of uh, atrocity that happened to her because of the gods. Yep. And she, well, I mean, okay, she didn't really turn her around. More more like she got her vengeance by stealing their blood and creating this protector. Right. In the form of Diana. Yes. But it's, it's, uh, it's I guess, highlighting, you know, the fallibility of just everything. Mm-hmm. And... 
the potential for us to all be better than what we maybe currently are. Or the sum of our past. Right, yeah. It's, it's, and honestly, yeah, it's a very hopeful book. It, for, it is for how fucking shitty it is. Yeah. There was one moment, going back to the monsters, uh, because the New Hope City settlement gets siege, and they all decide they need to go on to somewhere else. Mm-hmm. They end up in a light lighthouse area, which looks a lot like Aquaman's. Yeah, and I was hoping. I don't know if it is. Yeah. I don't know if it I don't is. Know. It could just be a fucking lighthouse. I don't yeah. know. They all look the same. I like to think that Aquaman was swimming around out there, but right. never saw him. Right. I was <laughs> like, when when I saw that they were gathering around the lighthouse, like, oh, right. Aquaman. That's immediately popped in yeah. my head. So we had old Gotham, Batman. We saw Superman later. Right. Um, but anyway, their uh, their journey to there, Diana was leading them. And there was a mega, they call them Hydras, I guess. Hydras, yeah. But they're not Hydras in the sense that they have multiple heads. Right. Just big monsters. Right. And there was a huge one, a big one that they had to fight. And they're like, we're all going to die. And she's like, fuck it. Let's just do it. Trust me. <laughs> and she she ultimately gets in a jeep and pulls some boss ass shit and drives the jeep up on a cliff, jumps it off a cliff into the monster's head, pours <laughs> gasoline on him after stabbing his head and climbing right? on it, lit it on fire and fucked off. It's like that was <laughs> so amazing. Cool. And that also solidified the book did really well with the onomatopoeias. Yeah, like when she was pouring the gas. There, it said sploosh right. in the gasoline, right. which is really cool. And another fun instance of that is when she first encountered a Hydra, a much smaller one. She grapples it, and it literally says grapple, and I laughed. Like, that's the, the action word. It's like, grapple! Right. And, but she's behind it, and it looks like she's about to suplex him. Like a WWF suplex. Yeah. She didn't, but it's like, aw. <laughs> grapple, suplex. Welcome now, to Suplex City. Now on the the topic of Hydra, so so I recall there is a thing in I I don't know Latin or Greek where A and E are like smushed together. Yeah. Right. Uh huh. But last night I had a dream about that exact concept as A and E mm-hmm. smushed together. Right. Yeah. And I couldn't figure out if it was a capital A that's tilted and then the E. Okay. On the side? Yeah. Or if it's a A, like, normal way, uh, straight up and down, and the E off to the diagonal, and then it turned into a fucking monster that, like, <laughs> chased me around because I couldn't figure out which one it was. And it was fucking terrifying as shit. And then I realized, oh, wait, like, the only way I've ever seen is little lowercase A with the curly tail of the E. I, I don't know. I've seen it that way. Yeah. And I've also seen it with a capital A leaning to the right. So it's like uh, the right leg of the A is up 90 degree. Okay. Up and down. And then the the left leg of the A leans into it. Okay. And so it's like e, tilted. Yes. And then the E comes off of this up and down leg. Okay. And I don't know. It's just like last night. It was fucking... Like it was a weird nightmare <laughs> where like... I couldn't figure out which one's the right one, and I guess they want to kill me because I couldn't recognize. How dare you don't know? Yeah. 
I think Evangelist uses that, and Aether Realm uses yeah. that, I think. And that's the only reason I, I've seen a capitalized version of that. Every other time has been a lowercase yeah. A, like you mentioned. Well, it's fucking weird. It is and weird it is that you weird. had a dream about that. Yeah. About letters. About monstrous letters. About, like, a, 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 a conglomeration of two letters that... Ah. <laughs> I like to weird. think they're conjoined twins. Conjoined twins? A and E. They're like the same letter, just upside down. American Entertainment. Yeah. <laughs> there um, were so many cool, like, full spreads, too. Like, obviously, we already talked about it. Panel to panel, there's a lot of cool shit yeah. happening. But there's just a lot of wow factor spreads, too. One of which is when they're in... Uh, Wherever that place is that the Amazons are from. The Muscaria? Yeah. A Pegasus shows up. Cheetah and Pegasus show up. And it's like a zombie Pegasus yeah. almost. It looks really cool. But there's it's a storm. And then Nubia is in her full armor with the mm-hmm. big-ass sword. And they're kind of off-center facing each other. There's a lightning bolt like shooting diagonally across the scene. And in the foreground, there's like a pile of dark skulls. Right. And it was a really impressive shot. Right. Really, it... Wow. Right. Fucking wow. And then the very next issue, a couple pages in, there's another killer shot of humans and tanks and one guy with a bazooka, which I focused it on, was hilarious, fighting the Amazons. And it's just a really incredible battle scene. It blew my mind. And as you're well aware... I've been on a huge Warhammer kick. Mm-hmm. I've been reading a bunch of Warhammer lore, watching videos, so I immediately likened it to a Warhammer battle. Oh yeah, hundred percent. It looked cool as hell. It's like, oh my god. <laughs> I'm gonna circle back real yep. quick. Cheetah. Mm-hmm. She was so fucking cool. She has a cheetah arm. <laughs> she has a cheetah arm and like weird like teeth thingies coming out of the side of her face. Yes. And once again. It's like not sexualizing Cheetah, the character, in any sort of way. Right. She looked burly as fuck. Right. And she fucking ruled. She did. She. It turns out we. She was experimented on. Yeah. To further her Cheetahness. Right. So she was a true monstrosity, but she was cool as hell. Right? Yeah. And you get a weird shot of um them operating on her and there's just like cheetah bodies yeah just kind of hanging on the, like meat hooks and, and then that got me kind of wondering like okay so how do you graft a cheetah head onto an arm and get it functioning as an arm we're not scientists we're we'll not. never know yeah <laughs> it's just like well i mean so we could do it, this right? yeah we could do this it's oh, just like I'm a cheetah. this is the jaw this is the the anti-jaw. <laughs> I don't know what that part of the mouth is. <laughs> the, the thing that's above the jaw. And then you could do this. Yes. And, yeah, I guess that's... Like, if you could do this, then you could do a cheetah face, right? Yeah. Yeah. She, it was just a big puppet. Yeah. She stuck her hand in a cheetah butt. Yeah. And <laughs> extended her uh, thumb, like, really... Yeah. All the way on the other side. On the topic of creatures, Wonder Woman was in an arena, right? Yes. And then these creatures attacked. Yes. The first thing that popped in my head was uh, the Graboids. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Because yeah. the big, 
underjaw. Yep. It's like, oh, you the fucking attack by your fucking uh, butt blasters. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> Where's that one actor that's uh, in all of them? I can't remember. Right. I was, the old dude <laughs> yeah. that that is uh, very conservative and loves guns. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So it turns out that all these creatures are Amazonians being sent out by what's-her-face. Yeah, and that's actually really sad. It is. It's like, oh. Yeah. Thought. It's like, oh, shit. <laughs> like, now we're really diving into, like, morally gray areas. Yep. Oh, shit. Okay. So you got these monstrosities who are actually, like, proud warriors mutated, and now... They're essentially their representative to the human world has to slaughter them. Yes. To save mankind. Yep. And it's like, oh shit. <laughs> oh, that's fucking heavy, man. Yeah. That yeah. that moment when you figure that out is like shit. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. And then, well, and, even Diana has that yeah kind of similar moment. <laughs> like you can just see on her face. She's saying, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> and that gets to the point to where I don't know exactly who to root for. There's a part of me that is like, okay, yeah, monsters have at it. Well, root for Pegasus. Root for Pegasus? Yeah. That's that's the only safe the safe, bet. safe bet. <laughs> root for Pegasus? Yeah. Those was like, okay, like, come on, mankind literally waged war against the Amazons who haven't done shit. Yep. And then, uh, it's like, and partially because, well, mankind waged war against Amazon because Amazon's told mankind to cut your shit out. Yeah, stop it. The world is dying. Yeah. And then mankind decides to mute the Amazons. Like, it's like, ah. Uh, men don't like to be told no or whatever yeah. they said. It's just, ah. Uh, <laughs> It, it, yeah, like, there's a part of me that's like, okay, yeah, let's wipe it clean. Let's wipe it clean. We can have monsters, that's fine. Yes. <laughs> we don't maybe necessarily mean mankind, because, <laughs> at least in this book, it's terrible. Yes. But, but, the whole point of the book is this redemption arc. Right. In that, okay, we can learn from past mistakes. We can be better. And will we? Who knows? Yes, yeah, we don't know. It we ended, can try. It ended very well. Yeah. So it's it, it ends with we can try. Exactly. And let's try. Yep. And I think that's a very good message for any any aspect of just life in general. It's just try. We can try. Yeah. yeah. Let's do it and see what happens. Yep. White eyed trance by ectoplasma out on Momento Mori in 2019. It's a death metal band from Greece. Yeah. It's a very solid album. It's solid death metal through and through, in my opinion. Um, I like that it is definitely death metal, but there's bits and pieces where it's like different. You can tell the different influences of death metal. Yeah. So it wasn't super samey, I felt. The tone almost... It wasn't quite as deep, but almost like a grave kind of tone. Yeah, I can hear that. Then they would slow down their pace, and it kind of sounded like asphyx a little bit. Then it'd get really quick and be kind of its own thing. It was really cool. They had a lot of cool, doomy moments. Yep. One particular thing... Oh, shit. 
it's right before the self, the first self-titled one, mm-hmm. I think. Well, no, 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 it's the one before the the Dracula song, the anti-Dracula song. Well, I don't know. I don't know the name of the the, the track, but it ended with a really fucking groovy riff. I know that exactly what you're doesn't about. like exactly come around when you think it's going to come around. Yep, that shit. I love that shit. I loved it too. If it's the same one, I think it's the same one. Almost in the middle. Yeah, middle-ish. Like, track five, around 20 minutes or so. Yeah. It's a really amazing, cool riff that, if you sit and think about it, kind of goes on a little too long. Yeah. But it reminds me very much of Vader's epitaph. Yeah. And it's a killer riff. It's yeah, groovy, it really is. metal. Yeah. And it kind of, it really does go on a little too long, but I liked it so much that I'm fine with that. Right. <laughs> I think part of it is because it kind of throws you off, like somewhere around the middle, yep. every single time, where you where you think it's going to start again, it doesn't quite start right there. Yep. Just a couple seconds later. Yep. And it's like, oh, shit like that gets me going, because <laughs> because it's like it's four four, but not four four, so. Yeah, it's, it's just fucking... It's cool. I it's wonder cool. if it's, like, 4-4, four, four, but they fucked up. Or if this was intentional. I don't know. No, it's, it's it got to be intentional. Be, okay. Yeah, because, gotcha. like, I, I've listened to that riff over and over mm-hmm. because I like it so much. Right, yeah. <laughs> but, so, like, I, I got it to where, like, okay, yeah. They, they, they have an odd time signature basis, and then they kind of repeat it and then like tack on shit at the end to make it into a full form. Okay. Gotcha. So where you can actually head bang to it. Mm-hmm. But if you actually follow the the quote unquote melody, mm-hmm. it doesn't wrap around quite the same. Okay. Yeah. But uh that shit like shit like that <laughs> gets me so excited because it's so fucking cool and weird but you can still head bang to it. Yeah. It it was absolutely really cool and I loved it. Yeah. I also loved the wolf sampling they used in the first track. Oh, yeah. I don't care about the crow or whatever. Yeah. That's whatever. But the wolf, yes. So, one thing I noticed, there's two tracks called uh, White-Eyed Trance. Mm-hmm. I couldn't cu- quite tell the, mm, I guess, significance of that. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I, tr- I, I try listening to the two uh, tracks back-to-back, mm-hmm. and I, I just can't tell... At least musically, what the connection between the two songs actually is. Yeah. Maybe there is like some sort of lyrical connection. Uh, I haven't delved that deep into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, th- there are no um, lyrics listed on Metal Archives at the moment, but I, I am kind of curious when bands do that, where they name two songs the same thing, or I, I guess in this case it's White Eye Trance something, something, and then White Eye Trance. Something. Yes. Something. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> Something else. Yes. Uh, I'm curious what the connection is. We can ask them. I bet they would tell us. Yeah. I mean, like, with... Um, first thing that pops in mind is... Um, Akakok. On uh, words uh, that go unspoken. Shit. And now I forgot the name of the songs. But... But... Uh, there is a literal musical connection where oh, okay. uh, they're using similar, um, well, essentially the same arpeggios that one song ends to continue another song. 
Gotcha. So there, so there is a musical continuity there, but I'm kind of wondering what the the continuity between White Eye Trance One versus White Eye Trance Two is. And I don't know. I don't, know. I don't have that answer. No. What did you think about the album art? It was silly. It was absolutely goofy. Yeah. It was like a little necromancer, I guess. But poorly done art. It yeah, felt like. it. Okay. Um. <laughs> I liked the concept. Right. I did not like the execution. Right. So what it reminds me of is kind of like a like a B game on Steam. Yes. Or let's say a late '90s Florida death metal album art. <laughs> okay yeah yeah no not quite they they experimented nope. a lot with with 3d yeah garbage. um but no it was just it's very video gamey yeah in my opinion yeah. and in a bad way yes yes it's it's just very silly looking a lot of greens and white well, eyes yeah i mean <laughs> it's very contrasting colors that don't add up to much right it's just not good. Yeah. Their logo's cool. Yeah. Their music's cool. The album art for this is not cool. Cool yeah. concept. Yeah. Bad execution. Yeah, it, it really does remind me of just... <laughs> it makes me think of fan-made D&D art that someone, like, they're playing a game with their buddies in high school, and then in class, they're right. doodling this, and that's what they came up with. Right. Is what it feels like. It feels very amateur. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's whatever. Yeah. Musically though, like I think the album is solid for death metal. Yep. I like it. I don't think they Okay, so this is a thought I had earlier today actually. It's like how karate chop? Yes, how do you karate chop first to to uh inflict the max amount of damage? Uh, but also... You hit their weak spot. Yeah, yeah. It's right here. Yeah. Judo chop. <laughs> uh, Judy chop. <laughs> but, so how do you balance, like, kind of stereotypical riffs to where you're able to differentiate yourself from others? Well, you do exactly what they did. And you play with speed and tempo. But at the same time, like, I don't get... They're not... Yes, it's good. But I can't necessarily pick them out of a lineup of like if you played it blindly yeah amongst its peers right. or whatever that could be said about most things that could and that's got me interested because because i i do play in a band yeah and and part of my thing is like how how do how does anybody really stand out well i think the within the, the, the short answer to that is what music has, especially radio music, has used for a long time, really noticeable and memorable hooks. Right. You know, give give us something to chant, maybe, or just a really awesome riff that doesn't have to be new, but it has to be a segment. Like, perfect example of that's Malformity on their Lost Necropolis song. Yeah. It has that... Which I stole. <laughs> I stole that shit. I know. I heard Dan, it. Dan, <laughs> I stole that shit from you. 
and the third time you use it, it drops in the mix, so it's yeah. a little weird. It's like, oh, oh, oh. It's, it was weird. It drops in the mix. Like, it's not consistent for right. all three. Anyway, this isn't about your wonderful release, which is great, and everyone <laughs> should listen to. Seriously, it's amazing. Um, that's, I mean, just memorable and Hooks. hooky stuff. Yeah. That's what's going to make you stand out, because that's what people... It doesn't have to be new. It right. doesn't have to be unique. It has to just catch you. Right. So you don't forget it. But that's like where I I feel like at least me and maybe some other bands like trip up is that I don't know. I, I can't really speak for anybody else really, but it's just the idea that like, okay, like there's so much shit out there mm-hmm. and so much of it I think is good. What can I do different or all that shit and it just like it can fuck with your head. I imagine so. I just wouldn't concern myself with them. Yeah. Ultimately, I'm making this music. I don't care what you do with your music. Yeah. As far as how it affects me creating whatever I'm creating. Caveat to all this is I'm not in a band. <laughs> <laughs> so. Uh, yeah. I don't know. It just seems an ill use of your energy to focus it on does. not doing something else that someone else is doing instead of focusing all of that expenditure into just creating. Right. But it, that wraps into like uh, this article I was reading about imposter syndrome. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's like, okay, like I, I feel like I don't know what I'm doing. Right. And therefore I have to like somehow like analyze everything and it's like, okay, how the fuck does this work? Why does this work? And all that shit. And then, like, you get into, like, a weird paralysis where you can't, like, do anything at all. Yep. And it's... And basically, bottom line is, if you're putting out music, if you're releasing shit, you should be proud of yourself. Right. Because... You've accomplished a thing. Yeah. It it doesn't fucking matter, like, if it's the best thing in the world, if it's the next greatest album or whatever. You should be proud of yourself because you stuck to your gut and you you did a thing. Yeah. And be happy with it. Yeah. I'm happy with this death metal band and I hope they're happy with themselves. Yeah. It's a fucking solid-ass death metal release. Yep. And they should be proud. I just now had a connection. It's not exactly a direct connection, but they're from Greece. Mm -hmm. And we're, we're talking about Greek gods in the comic book. Yeah, that that's very true. I'm patting myself on the back. Hooray! <laughs> Connection. <laughs> Oh, that's our our uh, guardian plant, our gardenia. Yes, gardenia. Eventually, it's gonna sprout three heads and yes. start barking at people. Yep. And it's gonna come through the window. And then this will be its house. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> and it will be the landlord. We will pay it rent in fertilizer. Oh, fertilizer. So I can just poop on it? Yeah. Okay. 
I mean, it gives us oxygen. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was thinking. The reverse of what I said about oxygen. Well, breathe on it. Yes, breathe and poop on it. <laughs> breathe the poop on it. <laughs> breathe and poop on it. <laughs> okay, because <laughs> breathe the poop on it sounds very uncomfortable. <laughs> very uncomfortable. Hmm. Hmm? Yeah. Right.